This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as ever, because I have not tried to change my name just yet, is Lyle Fulton, and I am here with the brilliantly wonderful Jackie Vores. In true fashion, in traditional fashion, Jackie, we will ask you first and foremost, how are you today? How are you doing on this Great. fine afternoon? Great today. Ludo's asleep, so I don't think we're going to get any um, any noises from him. Nice sunny oh, day, yeah. really happy. Yeah, all good. Ludo Very is asleep. Very excited about today. Very excited about today. Ludo is asleep, so we're not going to get his view, be it positive or negative, on many things we talk <laughs> about, uh, be them grumpy or otherwise. And you're right to be excited about today, Jackie, because we are joined by the absolutely phenomenal Rosie Cockshaw. Rosie, who is founder and editor of the brilliant Modern Woman. Rosie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you this afternoon? How are you doing? Oh, well, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really good. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this podcast. Normally, I'm the one in your seat podcasting everyone else. So this makes a refreshing change. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, that's maybe a really good place to start because obviously, as we've just mentioned, you're the founder and editor of the absolutely fantastic platform, Modern Woman. We're going to discuss uh, that a little bit later on as well. And we're going to go into sort of the depths of that because it's a really, really fabulous thing that Modern Woman is doing. But I mean, a little bit about your career, first and foremost, it's a very apologies very open-ended question but you have had such a diverse and brilliant and exciting career so far which has obviously included being a podcast host can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are in your journey so far yeah well that is quite a broad question and <laughs> I've done quite a few different things I can go back sort of to the beginning of my career which I was about 16 and I started off um, doing work experience at a lifestyle publication close to where I live in Essex. Um, so I live in West Essex, which is basically the best way to explain it is if you know the only way is Essex, then pretty much around there. Um, and about 15 years ago, showing my age, but about 15, 16 years ago, lifestyle publications were quite big. Um, it was the old model of, you know, advertiser funded free distribution. So I started there as work experience. I then really grafted. I ended up working voluntary during my six weeks holiday. Um, and I sort of become PA to the directors. I worked on a big event, which at the time was called the Duke of Essex Polo. The magazine itself, the publication was called In. So I got my experience there. But then what I actually started doing, because they had free distribution, um, it was actually my Saturday job to distribute the magazines to the local area, into to homes, you know, and I thought, yeah, why not? And from that, I basically set up a distribution company. And that was my first business. Um, and I did that when I was 16. And I always remember my dad saying I literally had all these magazines. <laughs> in my front living room it's like this is my Saturday job to my mum and dad and my dad was like Rose what you want to do is you want to get your schoolmates to do deliver those magazines and you cut a profit off of them doing it and I was like great idea dad so I literally ran ran with it um, and that's what I did so I, I got a pool of I'd say acquaintances from school I started doing um, residential and commercial distribution and then before I knew it I was started bringing in the design and the prints and the distribution obviously we outsourced the design and prints but when I was at the magazine they obviously they provided the service of the advertising but if they had clients that what needed design doing or printing of leaflets and that kind of stuff then I was your girl sort of thing um, and that grew and I had that company for about eight years 
I left school when I was 16. So I got into sixth form and I, I quit. I was there for three months and I was like, do you know what? I'm done with this. So I, remember, I remember being in studying business and the business teacher didn't turn up. And I was like, excuse me, miss. I think I can teach this class better than you can because you're never here, <laughs> you know. Um, so I left and, um, you know, it was, a, it was a risk, as is anything, but it was one that I was able to take at young age. And I have to be honest that the magazine took me on full time and I had the distribution company alongside, but they actually made me redundant in the 2008 recession. So there I was, I'd quit school, you know, the world was technically falling apart. I didn't have a job. All I had was this business that I needed to make work. And, and I did, I just cracked on really. Um, I then went into promotional recruitment. So if you've got, we're talking say like events and exhibitions that happen, we would put in place promotional stuff at those events. And then we worked quite a lot within the publishing industry, but we worked our way up to working with the likes of, I mean, we pitched to Dennis Publishing. And for those that you're not uh, not aware, they publish titles such as The Week, which you can find on shop shelves. So they, at the time, um, I'm going back probably, it's got to be about eight years now, they at the time had a, a men's fitness magazine called Coach. And I really pitched this deal and it was like about a million pounds at the time. And the first year we didn't get it. One of the more experienced companies got it. And the second year we got it. We won this deal, but we lost it within a week because they pulled the print title. And for me, that was the beginning of the end for print. Um, And not that we're at the end as such, but the beginning of the decline. Um, and I thought, hang on a sec, I'm young enough to, to get out of this while I can and, and change direction. And so I did. And I, I think as well, like, you know, at sometimes we work we working with different publishers. I'd have like 70 staff out. At, they'd have to be outside stations at four in the afternoon, like four till seven, which is peak time. I'd have to have like 70 staff out. Then half of them did turn up because their dog ate their homework. So <laughs> then for you to have replacements and all the rest of it, because that's just the world that I was in um and it was you know stressful but running a business is I just was like no I've got to change direction and that's sort of what gave me you know I sat down I thought what what can I do what shall I do and I then come up with the idea I always wanted to create a brand I really believe if you've got the right brand and one that is credible you can sell anything around it and that sort of was the beginning I had a I set up a brand called E1 Life in East London which at the time was a, a magazine, but we did podcasts, we did events around it. And I pretty much tried and tested everything that when we launched Modern Woman, saw the, the stuff that didn't work. I only took the good things in, into Modern Woman. Um, and then Modern Woman was really born out of being a young woman that had no experience, no books of how to do it. It was just all on trial and error. And it shouldn't have to be like that, you know? So that was... That was my inspiration to set up Modern Woman. And, you know, it has been a journey. That was four and a half years ago. We've had COVID. It's been a whirlwind. I mean, I've had other things. I've had a baking company, but I'm giving you sort of as much (laughs) of a a direct version as I can, you know, but but that sort of is why I'm here what got me here today i mean there's so much brilliant stuff to unpack there and i've got no doubt that jackie has her own questions that she'd love to ask as well about how your career has gone so far and how things have developed i mean my first point is people my age at 16 were kind of at most doing a paper round or buying sweets from the offie and selling them for twice the price in a tuck shop (laughs) like the playground and you've kind of 
taken paper round and really ran with it and I really love the idea that you then kind of had this workforce that we your, your mates and peers that sort of helped you out that's absolutely incredible I mean I suppose a question I had for you before Jackie jumps in with her own which I'm sure she has plenty of is you mentioned kind of the move from print to online and the idea of events as well when I was doing a bit of research before we started uh, recording this podcast events and the platform you run in modern woman events is quite a big part of that I mean do you kind of see a very clear move from kind of the written down material people digest a shift from that to kind of actually experiencing it and being there in person to absorb that information more face-to-face and directly what I would say is probably events has almost because if you're talking like there's no doubt that digital has been the cornerstone of our lives but at the end of the day it will not compete with real life experiences and it also doesn't it competes with print in a different way but the problem is print is so expensive so what what happened quite a few years ago is, and this is even with the big publishers, they were forced to change direction and go into different areas. And that was going online. But the problem with going online is you have to have a huge audience. So if you're a new publisher starting online, it's really hard to break the mold. And I guess social media helps a lot with that. You also have to create a head of a lot of content to get up into certain ranking. And that's really costly. So events, basically allows you to offer um, a substitute to to digital but one that is a lot better because you're you've got those real life experiences there's a lot of feeling behind it and you can create the content and there's avenues to get the sponsorship and the advertising around it because there's such a huge value of doing those events so we saw this happening with all the big publishers like Condonas, Hearst, they were all forced to go down that route. But those big publishers are still around because they built up such a huge audience. So for someone like me who was starting out with it as a small, you know, independent title, it was really tough, you know. But the one good thing about free distribution model is you can build up a really good audience if you can afford to do it and if you can get the advertising. And that's what I did with Modern Woman. We started building our audience through the free distribution, but we always knew we were going to have to change direction to make it profitable. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget <clears throat> when they consume media and they consume it for free that when they see the little notes at the bottom of the Guardian newspaper saying, would you contribute to us or whatever, people forget content costs money yeah it's really expensive to pay people to write to create a brand to create the paper if you're distributing a free magazine all of that costs and advertisers will only come to an audience that they can understand that they can sell their products to so it's it's a real chicken and egg problem so you know a hat off to you rosie because launching your own title you know from nothing from the ground up and competing really with those big boys who have all the people on staff who have all the relationships with you know so they can get cheaper print for example and stuff like that it's a real achievement from your perspective thank you yeah i mean that's sort of you know with with modern woman i had the idea six years ago and i tried for two years to get funding around a print publication and it was not happening mm. um and then I thought sod this I'm going to bootstrap so I did and I launched because I just knew we had to get the concept out there and even four and a half years ago we didn't know where modern woman was going to go per se in terms of what the future was but all I knew was that we had to get a product out there that supports women in the workplace so we did it in a print magazine which looked beautiful and was great and filled with really good content 
But then it was a case of servicing and supporting all stages, all ages. But now we've evolved so much more in, yes, we've done digital, but we're now in events. And now today we're actually a business network and really carved out sort of our niche, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you all have to, you have to start somewhere. You know, you absolutely have to start somewhere. So that's why I do, I do believe if you feel you've got a good idea, just get it out there. And then you're going to learn as you as you go along as to what sticks, you know. And, you know, we're going to be interviewing some of our clients because I do think that PR is a real part of that startup because you can do that yourself. You don't have to pay a PR agency to be your PR when you're starting up a business. And I do think that PR is possibly the most effective way of getting a business and promoting a business, getting that business off the ground. I mean, how did you do that? Because I think you're interesting from my perspective, because, you know, you're poacher and gamekeeper, you know, you're the publisher, but you still had to promote yourself to get your brand out there, get the readers, get to the advertisers. How did you, how did you start on that journey? So obviously we had no budget for PR and, you know, advertising per se. So we work a lot with affiliations. um, And as we, grew and that's one of the reasons why newbie had to do the free distribution model so at least we could build traction around the brand and we it carried weight in terms of an audience um because people only want to work with you and affiliate themselves if you've got something to offer as well that's how we did it and if it, it does really work if you work um if you affiliate the brand with the right people that have got an equal standing following or a bigger following then that's really the secret I would say and then once you've established yourself then you have to look at ways that you can monetize it but yeah I mean definitely like things like podcasts like we're doing now really work written features are okay but I definitely think another thing that's worked tremendously well is people love people so it's a lot of our podcasts and there's all sorts of podcasts out there but I actually adopted the concept from Desert Island Discs um, around I don't know if you guys have heard of it but basically BBC Radio 4 do Desert Island Discs where they interview some amazing people literally I love it (laughs) and then they intersperse it with music and People that you see in, you know, celebrities in the media, and they really gloss up their lives. But you d- listen to Desert Island Disc, gets to the roots of those, these and hearts of these people um, and the music that, you know, means a, a lot to them. So I, I did that from a woman's perspective. When you get the right women, then you just get traction, you know, because people want to know. People are curious. They want to know who are these people that they might read about or, or come across. They want to know more. So there's there's things like that that work work quite well, you know. And do you keep the content like in your podcast? Do you then put the content in the magazine and then promote all, all of that together? Yeah, sure. So we don't have a magazine anymore. We stopped the magazine at the beginning of COVID because we were from print. We went and moved the magazine online um, and it was really tough to get the advertising. And because we didn't have like a fleet of sales staff, I thought, no, we're going to change this. And then we started going into events and events was really working. So we turned the content from the magazine per se into mm-hmm. written features. Yeah. And yes, we, we have done that. We have done that sometimes where we'll, you know, copy out a podcast interview and put it into a written feature. But sometimes written features are quite good if you're talking about advice driven pieces they work really well or like your top fives or your top tens because people it's like a time factor you know so it it depends you have to look at look at different things but for us now I mean focus on the network I'm a strong believer in networking you you said earlier you know that the big boys have got those contacts and that network and 
you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And mm. I believe in that all day long. So that's a big part of, of what we do now as well. And we're going to put a link, by the way, listeners, to this podcast in our podcast in the hope that obviously Rosie you will also put a link to this podcast <laughs> in your podcast but hey look you know you do you, you know, it's fine we're not a pressurizing team here it's fine you know you'll see from the birthday balloons behind me it's all good fun you know we generate a nice sort of joyous atmosphere but just going back to it I think it's a really interesting point you made about sort of the move towards it being a network and about sort of supporting women in business at every stage of their career and I read recently and we've kind of been in correspondence as well before this podcast recording that it's kind of become more of a mid to late stage sort of career network as well sort of you know any pitfalls that you might experience or hurdles you might run into there's always someone who's experienced something similar I mean how did it come to pass that you kind of moved from publication editorial thing and typical of this podcast the title was going to be the rest is editorials and publications and now we're talking about, <laughs> no, sort no, of we're networks talking about and networking and business exactly networks but and i love it it's brilliant and... it's exactly this is great this is really yeah. interesting no i'm here for it but i suppose actually my question was going to be we talk a lot about messaging listening to your audience engaging with your audience and we're going to talk a little bit on next week's episode about social media pr and how we kind of engage on those platforms was it a real sense of listening to your audience and listening to the demographic that led to that move towards it being more of a an online support network or was that a decision you consciously made because that's how the industry was moving or, or was it a combination of both sure it's a really good question so I'd say for us um COVID played a big factor and the reason why I say that is because during COVID we were forced to stop business so prior to that we were really funded by advertising and sponsorship and COVID came we couldn't do any events and we, we all companies cut their budgets for obvious reasons so we were forced to sit down and think very hard about how we're going to one survive but two adapt um, and we did and I think first of all in terms of audience there is so much so firstly there's well there's organizations out there similar to ours that promote you know all stages all ages well I personally feel I've tried that it doesn't work and the reason why it doesn't work is because I'm not going to go and talk to a young woman of 18 the same way that I'm going to talk to a woman that's 50 and that is because their interests and their experiences are completely different so with that I thought well you know we've got to carve our audience and our niche somewhere and then the startup arena and entrepreneurial time in and before covid was huge so there was no point us repeating that and there also was no point you know there was a lot around graduates and the next gen and there still is which is just as valid but there's this piece this mid-career to senior level piece that almost gets forgotten you know and i would say that i'm a lot of it comes from me as well you know it is my brand i'm sort of the brainchild so you know, I'm mid-career and there's still nothing that talks to me, so to speak. Or I'd say the biggest thing is going to networking events. You get invited to them all day long, but walking into one where you feel at home and you can actually speak to people that are like-minded and genuinely on the same journey as you. And that's really hard to find. Now, if we're going to do an all-stages, all-ages thing, that that's going to be really tough but when we say hang on a sec let's take the mid-career and let's look at more c-suite so we're talking managerial and c-suite executives or business owners that have got a wealth of experience that can have the conversation say that we're having here and you put them all in a room oh my god it's going to be amazing you know and partnerships and different experiences are going to come from that but also challenges you know 
women that get further into their career, and it is the same for men as well, um, have challenges, but they're just completely different to when you're starting up. Um, and that's sort of where we've got to. It's just the conversation is different. You know, the needs and wants are different as you go further throughout your, your career. It's not about an age per se. It's more about where you are in your career, if that makes sense. And the thing I love about what you're doing, Rosie, is it's it's coming back to that thing of authenticity. You hit the nail on the head when you said it's really the sort of stuff that I was facing, the challenges that I was facing. I had nobody else to to really share those challenges with or learn from. And you're not really doing this as an ad getter or a sponsorship getter. This is a genuine network that's solving genuine problems, which I really, it shines through. It makes a big, big difference. I mean, how many of these events have you done? I mean, I, I've seen loads of stuff going on about it, but how many have you done? And have you seen sort of some good stories coming out of them, some good partnerships or business deals or just problems being solved? Well, how many events have we done is a really good question. <laughs> Probably too many that I can actually bear to remember. But I mean, the events are a huge driver for us now. They're actually a really good marketing tool as well. So what we tend to do is we create really great events, inspirational events that tend to be informative and educational through panel discussions and different speakers, one of which you're speaking on in the next couple of weeks, Jackie. Um, but it's also the networking and all that kind of thing that we bring together in one event. And then once people get a taster for it, then it enables us, it sort of opens up the conversation for us to say, well, look at what else we do and look at how else we can support you. So going back to what you said about authenticity and get it right you're so right because I think what we did during COVID I thought do you know what it's really hard to get anyone to sponsor anything be part of anything so what I'm going to do I'm going to get our audience right bang on the money and that's what we've done and I'd say this year we've just really started to see growth and now because we've sort of got that audience right the sponsors are sort of saying yeah I want I want to be part of this and I really see the value in it mm. um, so we've started getting sponsorship come coming back now which is really good but we also do charge tickets for our yes. events as well so it's you know it's a bit of both um that make that makes it work one really big question and this is a huge question by the way and it might kind of be where you know depending on how open the uh, the answer is I, I do love a big question on this podcast we ask the big questions team we really do like you know <clears throat> what do you have for dinner no i'm joking um like no but i was going to ask this question because modern women being what it is an absolutely brilliantly supportive network for women at a certain stage of their career and fair enough you did pick up on the point that yes at that stage in their career men also experience similar challenges but you know i don't think it would be remiss of me to say that there are potentially a wider range of challenges facing women in business and in the workplace now still even in 2022 I mean how important and this is a bit of a loaded question because I'm sure you're going to say it's obviously fantastically important but how important are platforms like this to women in business and how much can still be done because there is still so much that can be done when it comes to forging an environment and atmosphere where there is no ceiling for women and what they can do in business. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I'm sure lots of my generation feel the same and things are moving forward well, but still so much more can be done. I mean, how would you answer a question again? Sorry, it's such an open-ended question, but about how much further we can still go and how important platforms like this are to that journey. Absolutely, sure. So first of all, going back to the sort of the men and the, the women part. So we're not exclusive to women. We welcome all genders, but everything that we do has the female in mind. 
Um, and I think men do go through a lot of challenges themselves, but they're probably just different to women. So the conversations we might have within our events and features will be around menopause or, you know, pregnancy, or those kind of things that men don't experience, thank God. But they're obviously, it's not that we're trying to exclude men per se, but it's just the conversations are different. And I'm sure men go through their own challenges um, that they want to discuss between themselves that women probably don't understand. But it is for both of us to understand from different perspectives and how we can support each other. In terms of how important, it's massively important in the sense that I think it's about find making sure that you don't feel alone, um, depending on what situation you're in so if you take like a business owner doesn't matter what part of their career they're on it can be very lonely and also it's about trying to seek guidance and inspiration from someone that's either on your same wavelength or who has been there you know and it's the same as if you're employed within a company you know if you're not getting that support from the company which is what we are starting to see change but it's still a long way to go it's going to make a massive difference to that individual's productivity and performance and that's why not just organization organizations like ours but also in terms of mentorship guidance within these companies and outside generally can really make a difference to to not just the individual but the the whole company itself and I think the challenge that we've got is, you know, some people on balls and leadership balls really believe that if it's not broke, then we're not going to fix it. Yeah. But actually, it's time to move on, you know, and it's not just a gender thing. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about diversity. We're talking mm. about neurodiversity. We're talking about a lot of things here that need to change, you know. But I think one of the most important things of how we can inspire change is by learning, you know, and I just will sort of add to this, my, my partner is um, black, he's Caribbean descent. And when Black Lives Matter happened, I realised how sort of naive I was, you know, yeah. as a sort of white, call it middle class, I mean, I'm not necessarily, but you know, privileged mm. woman compared to what other people have to experience in the world. So we sat down and we had some really big chats, you know, mm. and it was about learning. It was really about learning. And I think that's what I've taken from those conversations into to modern women and generally when we you know we look at the stuff and the topics we bring up at our events is hey this is not about being against anyone or I've not been in your shoes so I don't understand it's just time to learn you know and how we can support that other person it's so true and especially with you know one point you made was that it's it's a sort of an independent group of people their judgment has no impact on your life you know you could come into that sort of a forum and speak about any kind of a subject and speak freely and ask um, advice and information without feeling foolish or being judged and i think even the best of organizations even the large great organizations that have massive hr departments and well-being programs and all sorts of things like that you still worry politically about how you're perceived and how you're judged if you bring certain things to the table you're told to you're told oh you know we will support you we'll help you with this but there is always that nagging feeling that whatever you bring to the table you might be seen in a different way especially as a woman and i'm really lucky because i'm a i've worked for myself for years 
but I do, I understand, I identify with the, those feelings of loneliness, but I've never really had to worry about the political side of things. And I've seen colleagues and mm. friends of mine go through that as well. And as a senior, as a leader within a business, to be worried about how you're perceived by your colleagues and having a forum like the one that you give is so important. Yeah, it's so true. I think you're right about the politics. That's one thing that you don't have when you're you're running your own ship. Obviously, until you get to a certain size where then, you know, you're sort of managing the politics within your own company. And I've got to be honest, I think that's probably one of the reasons. I've probably had like two jobs in my life. And the last sort of contract that I was on, one was contract for about a year. And I'm not going to name the company, but uh, I was there for about a year and I really negotiated sort of my salary and, you know, bonuses per se. I, I was doing sales. So I just wanted more commission, basically. Mm. Um, and it was so so old school. It was like, well, you know, we've not done that, so we're not going to change it now. And, and I said, we'll see you later then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said... One I, salespeople wanting more commission. Uh, the more commission they want, the more sales they'll make. So what's the problem, yeah. you know? Well, I just remember sitting there and I thinking to myself, this is like within there. And I, I really actually enjoyed the people I worked with. But I was like, oh, my God, this is like another world. It's <laughs> like a completely another world working within a company compared to running your own ship. And there are definitely pros and cons to the other. Mm. But I totally agree. It's those politics that you have to, to be aware of and have to deal, to deal with and try and nip in the bud, you know. That can be quite toxic as at a senior level, but also I'm lucky in the sense that I've built up a, a friends group that are similar to me in terms of running their own businesses. In fact, I was chatting away with my friend Helen last night about some stuff that she wants to do with her business. And she helped me with a presentation that I did only this Monday. And so you can do that on a kind of on a very sort of simple one to one basis. But with a network like yours, do you find that people want to sort of use the information or the network that they've created and then do they ask for other types of content or other things that they'd like to see? Do you sort of poll them and find out what they're interested in next? Yeah, sure. So I think it's, you know, I try to as much as I can give my time to people within the network and members. And I always sort of say, what are you looking for? And how can we support you? And some people generally, and it does change because you could get people that are at similar level, but one literally just wants to network and want more clients and more partnerships. Mm. And then someone goes, actually, I could really do a bit of coaching and mentoring. And, you know, it, I've got women that are actually I've got a lady who's quite senior who's a member but also said you know what I can really do with your coaching because I'm not great at this area and I, I want some help around and I'm like yeah sure so and she's quite senior so it depends I'd say we we offer the the tools the tools are always there and going back earlier does the audience demand that absolutely mm. they do so we just try to make sure that we can support in the best way we can. And if there, if, if there is something that we're missing, then we'll always try and sort of bring it to the forefront in the best way that we can, you know, because you have to be careful not to be able to offer too much. And then it becomes a struggle to sort of to manage everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely, you do get mixed, and I, mixed sort of needs and, and challenges, you know. But there's still that like-mindedness where people might have been through it before or they might have already overcome it. So within the network, there is that mutual support throughout, you know. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to call this episode. I think I might have to call it <laughs> The Rest Is... The well, most brilliant chat I've had in a about? long while, but it's but this is the thing. It's so, such an enlightening chat, and actually something I want to draw on, which we mentioned a, a little while back now, actually, is what's great is 
you informing our listeners who if they want to go and head to your website and we're going to do a bit of a shout out at the end and get you to kind of um, let us know where we can head to to sort of get more information on this I've been having a bit of a skim through for the last few days now and I just love the platform I think it's so brilliant and I want to get onto that podcast as well because I'm I love Desert Island Discs. Um, <laughs> I don't want to steal your idea, but um, I think we have to do a bit of a restructure of the podcast, Jackie, because um, I love that idea. Um, but what was really great is men are allowed to be a part of the Modern Woman Network, but it's still all through the prism of challenges women face in their careers. And I think that's actually a really, really healthy way of looking at that landscape. And it's something that I would be really interested in learning more about is the fact that obviously it's not necessarily shut off to a specific gender and a specific section of society, but it's still all done through the prism of how can you then be better to kind of foster that healthy environment? And how can you better understand what those situations are that women face at those stages of their career? I mean, in earlier stages of the podcast, earlier episodes, I've drawn a lot on my experience as a performer because I'm an actor by trade. I trained as a, an actor at a drama school in London. And I experienced something, I won't mention the name of the person, but actually a director of mine at um, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. She had a young child and her experiences of being a director in the industry had changed dramatically over the years because she'd gone from having a young child and there was really no precedent for bringing your children in or childcare and things like that. And how that developed over the years, because unions got involved and we became more aware of those things, she felt far less uncomfortable and far more supported in that situation and it's something that we as men I think could do more as well we could speak to fellow members of the male population about issues they face but yeah. I just wanted to kind of raise it's not really a question in there but I wanted to raise that point as well because we've kind of touched on facets of mental health throughout the podcast series so far and I think just realizing you're not alone in these situations and networks like this illuminating people to that reality that you're not right. alone in these situations is really really healthy yeah, well, I think, you know, touching on your your point that between sort of men and women speaking out is sometimes you have to step up and ask for the help, you know, and I think that's what women can be better at doing compared to men. Men tend to, when they're under pressure and stress, they go into themselves and women tend to, you know, talk to a friend, pick up the phone and, and speak to someone. And I think that's a thing that men, you know, need to work on as well is that no one is alone don't suffer in silence. And, you know, we're going deeper into mental health here, but which is not my professional speciality, but I have suffered, you know, with mental health and it is very, it's not great at all. And you do need to ask for help, but also it's delving within yourself to get through those challenges and work through them and having the right support around you. Cause you know, it's tough, tough to do it on your own. And I think that's one thing during COVID that's not been great through being stuck at home working or like virtual. And I know we're on a Zoom call now, which is very convenient to be able to do this like this rather than having to meet face to face. But it was like yesterday I went for a meeting in Islington and I was like, oh my God, I'm getting out of the office. Thank God, you know, because we had an office before COVID. We got rid of it because we work from home because we, we don't need the expense. And going out for a meeting and actually getting out there, sort of just my ideas started popping up. I just felt completely different within myself. You know, I really noticed it. Um, and I think that's sort of one thing that we've all got to be mindful of as we have adapt and we change. It might be certain things that are coming into play might be great from a time perspective, but actually it's about us as human beings. And I don't think we should lose lose touch of that and that's something that I feel very passionate about you know I'm just putting it out there I've loved this 
this chat has been great. You I, just love talking to ladies, don't you? I, hey, look, I mean, to be chatting to two fantastically brilliant and incredibly professional ladies is obviously a delight. But it's also just the fact that one of the things I love about actually how this conversation has gone and what it's alerted me to is that it's called The Rest is PR. And we've touched a little bit on PR and we've touched a little bit on editorials and publications, but it's also just about people's stories, right? And that's mm. what it's becoming. I love hearing people's stories and how they work in whatever industry they've they've chosen for themselves and how they've changed direction. I found it really interesting, Rosie, about how you kind of changed direction in your career and, and realised that that was kind of a bit of a turning point and just stuck to your guns and went for it. And I admire that so greatly. But I also just think it just opening it up and hearing but I think kind also of nuances. What, what we found out here is about a specific audience group, which is mm. being served in the way they want to be served with, with a business network. But those audience groups still have to be monetized, as Rosie is, has shown, you know, she's had to adapt to survive with serving that audience group. And we, as PR professionals, need to understand what their information needs are. So would I come and take one of my computer games and, and promote that to Rosie's audience group? No, of course not. But would I talk to a client maybe about some of the mental health and well-being projects that they're working on? And would Rosie's group be interested in that? Possibly they would. So we now know a lot more about Modern Woman and the platform than we would have ever have known before. And that makes it really great for us that we can serve up any information to that group that's relevant to them. And I think that's what we've talked about a lot in this podcast is being authentic, making sure that we really understand who we're talking to, why we're talking to them. So it's been fascinating hearing mm. about the Modern Woman group. I think it's a fantastic audience that you've built up there, Rosie. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I think I would just add to that and say absolutely authenticity is key. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're selling against it for advertising or whether it's PR, the brand that you're working with has to be, you have to be authentic with it and, the, and their audience, you know, um, because ultimately it's going to make, your life a lot easier if you're PR and a company that's really true to their brand ethics and, and all the rest of it, you know, and, and creating a story around that, which is really valuable. And like, like most things, you can have the best product out there, the best service out there, but unless it's got the right story behind it, and that's obviously where you guys come in from a PR perspective and, and stripping it all back, no one's going to know about it. So exactly. each platform and each sort of sector really plays its part within this whole industry so to speak you know and for and for businesses be prepared be authentic <laughs> and don't have balloons in the background of your <laughs> camera when you're doing a podcast with such an incredible person and I really do believe that Rosie thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and telling us all about your career so far and everything thank to you. do with modern women is such a fantastic platform uh, speaking of authenticity it's time for some totally authentic promo tell us where we can go to see all the brilliant things you're up to. Tell us about this podcast. Tell us about the website, because I'll just do a terrible job of it. I do a bad enough job telling everyone where to go for our own podcast. <laughs> so um, if you could just let us know what the website link is, we'll obviously put all of this in the link in our descriptions on the episode as well and across our social media and things like that. But yeah, just let us know where we're going. Absolutely. So I'd say first things first, you've got to head to our website, which is modernwoman.co. 
So it's not .co.uk, not mm -hmm. .com, just modernwoman.co. Um, the second thing is we have an event in just under two weeks on the Thursday, the 20th of October, which Jackie is speaking at. And I'm so excited to, to be in the other seat and, and hear your story. Yeah. So you can head to our events page, which is modernwoman.co forward slash events to find out more about that event. Mm -hmm. And we're also giving 10% off to any of your listeners if they use the code MWFT. 10 and other than that just pick up the phone you know we're we're still quite old school over here so you can call us on 0203 011 1194 and um, so yeah either way i hope to hear from you soon enough and maybe we can support some people out there it's just a cross promotional festival of yeah. fun this isn't it it's you know <laughs> podcast to podcast it's jackie speaking at this event get down to that event it's I've no doubt it's gonna be absolutely brilliant and the many events that modern women have got lined up across the next couple of months it's gonna be absolutely amazing rosie thank you so much it really has been such a joy to have you on and obviously you've been crazy busy um so really appreciate you taking mm. the time out to talk to us about all sorts of things uh, and i've not got to go away and decide how I'm summing it all up, but I don't think I need to. I think it's, I think I'm just going to let it ride and let it ride out. Let it ride. Listeners as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the latest episode of the rest is PR as ever. When it comes to the rest is PR as a podcast, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch via info at demozo.com or info at the rest is PR.com. If you want to head on over to our website, that is the rest is PR.com. Although I do like co maybe we just kind of try and shift that. <laughs> I do really like co. I think it's, you know, it's efficient. It cuts to the chase. Um, uh, and also if you want to hear about what we're getting up to at Demozo as a PR agency, then obviously as ever head over to demozo.com. Jackie. Same time again next week, what do you reckon? Absolutely. Let's we got do some it. more guests coming up. We do. Know, really, 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 great. really good guests. Um, so, yeah, can't guests. wait for that. Always have good guests. You know, today is absolutely no exception. Um, but as ever, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode. And we hope to see you next week for another exciting installment of The Rest is PR. Bye for now. Bye.